Hi. Hey there. Welcome to Pity Please, a podcast that hopes to address communication, interactions and more. I'm Swati and I'll be your host and companion for the next 15 minutes. We're smack dab in the middle of a global pandemic with nobody being able to accurately say when things will go back to normal or what normal is really. You know, almost 2 years back, normal was me trying to wake up early in the morning, trying to, that's the key phrase, and rushing, rushing to get ready so that I could reach my office on time, you know, commuting either by auto, train, whatever was most convenient that day, reaching office, setting up my workstation, starting work, taking coffee breaks in between, talking to my colleagues, my friends at work, and then wrapping everything up in the night and then commuting back home this was a normal weekday and weekends would be me meeting friends meeting family doing things at home going out and doing things watching classes you name it i was out there doing it but normal now right now is people scrambling to get vaccination dates especially those on the younger side people being sick of their family members their pets their parents their partners their friends their roommates the people that they've been living with at home kind of feeling stuck with and not being able to go out and do the things that felt so normal or natural previously while recognizing that staying at home is a privilege people i'm going to repeat it because there's no two ways about it staying at home is a privilege period but it drives us bananas sometimes it's hard to see the same group of people over and over again it's hard to not be able to see people or to do things that we would like to especially since now more than ever through the help of technology we can be doing anything that we want to in the shortest possible span of time i know i don't speak just for myself when i say that it feels like we're living at work rather than living at home because there's so much of work that's invaded our lives our homes the house which was once supposed to be an escape from work from the office from our colleagues from the company is no longer that domain because it has been invaded by work i'm going to repeat this again and i'm going to keep repeating it that working from home is a boon is a blessing it's a fantastic thing because it's keeping us safe it's keeping us secure while the frontline workers battle it out still one can't deny that we have instant messages coming via our office communicators at all times of day and night and emails i mentioned instant messages first because they just seem a whole lot more intrusive than mails 
I mean, you could choose not to see your mailbox for some time, but the ping, 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 the constant pings of the instant messages are so darn irritating. And the sad truth is, until we open up these incessant communiques, we really don't know what's happening. Face-to-face -face interaction is at an all-time low. Video calls just don't do justice to them. It's not the same thing. How can you be expected to read facial cues and understand the body language of a grainy image which is a tiny part of your not-so-great laptop or phone screen? Well, you're expected to see it on a laptop or a desktop, but let's say you're having a bad network day, so your phone screen. How can you possibly understand what that person is trying to say and what that person means. I know some of you really clever people out there are going to be like, well, Swati, what about that person's tone? You know, how they say it. And that's all good. That's a really good point. But what if your network isn't clear and that person ends up typing it? Don't you lose that advantage of, you know, being able to understand how they said it, the intonation. So here's my two cents, relying on the ways we tried to understand communication, that is in the era of face-to-face -face workplace, does not really help us and we have to take a step back and adapt to the new way of working. Email, due to its quick and convenient nature, is by far the most preferred method of communication within companies. It's considered formal and also the most effective way of getting the job done. And trust me folks, getting the job done is the bottom line for every organization, every company, and like my dad likes to say, every Tom, Dick and Harry. Despite me saying this and a lot of people knowing this, many folks still struggle with emails. There is a significant rise in pointless back and forth missives. And unfortunately, this can happen even if you're a seasoned communicator. Because you know, communication is sort of like driving. Even though you're being cautious, staying in your lane, not driving rashly, the person coming around the corner could be drunk, could be sleepy, could just be outright thoughtless and not give a damn. And so, you crash. And like I've mentioned before, it doesn't help that you can't really see what's happening. All you can do is read and assume the voice of the person who's writing to you. Which, truth be told, is not very helpful unless you know that person well. And so, with the intention of preventing fiery accidents at the workplace, here are a few pointers to help you ace your indirect communication game. Firstly, know who you are writing to. I cannot stress this enough. Let's say, for example, you're a client inquiring with your vendor on the status of a task assigned a week back. As the requester, who in many cases is also the one footing the bill, your conversation style would usually set the tone for all communication. 
Now, imagine the very same scenario in reverse. As the vendor, you are providing a service which in most cases is inclusive of the way you deliver it to them, which means your communication. A good rule of thumb would be to identify the culture of your organization and that of the people and businesses you interact with. A more formal environment deems polished and structured communication while a less formal one might even allow emoticons as all that matters is a job well done. Hence, it is of paramount importance that you know to whom you are talking to. Secondly, read the entire email you've received as the content or what is the single most important thing after the subject line. While the subject line sums up the topic or the issue, it's the body of the email which provides direction and clarity. Read and reread and keep reading as many times as you need all the mails that you get as well as all the mails that you send out. Not only for spelling or grammatical errors, but also to get a sense of the following. Is it easy to understand? How long is it? Long emails are an uninspiring read. And I know, many a times I've been tempted to delete such mails, but I'm terrified that I'll be sacked if I do anything so sacrilegious. Then we come to, has the responder addressed all the points present in the initial or original communique? If you have multiple emails configured, which mail ID are you responding from? Have relevant stakeholders been marked? Or has everyone been included willy-nilly? Remember, when in doubt, less is more. It's better to have someone come up to you and say, hey, you did not include me in that and I want to know what happened versus sending out an email to somebody who should not have been on it and compromising data. Lastly, and very importantly, convey emotion. I'm sure you're surprised to hear me say this, but hear me out some more. When you state what you actually want, that is, say what you mean, it makes it so much easier for the recipient to act on it. So always keep in mind the reader, the poor person having to trudge through your words to get to the heart of it. Consider how they may perceive your writing. At this juncture, I know many of you will be like, but Swati, I'm not a mind reader. God knows how XYZ will take what I wrote. While this is a perfectly acceptable way of thinking for personal communication, I actively discourage it at the professional level. Get to know your peers, managers, counterparts, vendors, clients, all the people that you work with. It's the rapport you have with them that will show you their voice and emotion. And ignoring this would be a very grave mistake to make. These points can also be considered when trying to comprehend messages via internal communicators such as Zoom, Slack, Teams, etc.
When in doubt about how to write or understand electronic communication, look to cues from the behaviors of the person you are speaking to. Reaching out to him or her or them will go a long way in understanding what's being said. When you know it is for work, please never hesitate. You do not want to be held accountable for something you didn't do. This will help remove any ambiguity and allow for smooth, swift progress that ensures mutual satisfaction. Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Pity Please. I hope you've enjoyed it just as much as I've enjoyed making it for all of you. Hope you all are staying safe at home. I can understand it's difficult, but please know that you are doing humanity a huge service by choosing to not go out unless it is for something essential. And for all those who are in the front line, I salute you crusaders. So, there you have it folks. If these tips in any way helped you, please like and subscribe to my podcast. Always pitily, Swati out.